Hello and welcome to Indie Author Diaries, a weekly diary with two indie writer mums. Your show hosts are Sarah Gay. Hello there. And me, Lisa M. White, and we're chatting about all things indie writing. So today we are talking about our previous launches. Um, so if you've been listening along, we we last week we were chatting about budgets and um, the results of these launches is pretty much why we decided to pare down our budgets. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to episode four, um, yeah, go back and listen to it after this one, and it'll and then if you go back to the beginning, it'll probably give you some context. Um, about yeah our current approach with things and why we're we're taking things as they come now <laughs> so anyway um i am going to hand it over to sarah so she can tell you about her launches um just for some context as of the end of this year sarah will have 16 books published and i've got uh, i think we said it was 14 books um most of mine are non-fiction cookbooks and I've got one fiction novella and Sarah's are all fiction. Um, they are, aren't they? They're across different genres. Yeah, they're all yeah. fiction. Yeah. So I am going to hand it over to Sarah. Tell me about all your launches from the beginning with the Curvies to yeah. um, not the most, most recent because that's still going, um, but your last most recent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I started back in 2014, so um, it was probably a little bit easier to market back then. Um, like I said, I, I put the Curvies through a boutique publisher at the time because uh, I wasn't quite self-confident enough to self-publish myself. Um you know, and I, I, I was having a bit of a laugh about it the other day. So, because like we said in episode four, the book, actually putting it together with the cover and everything cost me quite a bit of money. Um, when it came to a book launch, I had no idea what I was doing. So, I spent a whole $80 on marketing. <laughs> um which was just a blog tour company that I'd come across um, and I did a book tour, book blog tour, and I had no idea what I was doing. I gave some excerpts and my, my cover um, and I let it go. And, and then I think about, I'm probably thinking about two or three weeks later, the, the boutique publisher called me and they're like, oh, my gosh, your books are like, you know, 200 in the Kindle store and this is I had no idea what that even meant so, <laughs> that's so cool so that was amazing and you know it went really well so for Curve My Attitude book two and Curve My Heart um you know I think I spent about once again I spent a lot on making the books um I think I spent pretty much the same about a hundred dollars on the, I just did the book tour again, the book blog tour um, for both of them. And I, I tried my hand of Facebook ads back then, which weren't as easy to do as <laughs> what they are now. Um, and that was it. Um, and then I took some time off and we did the magazine. And while I was doing that, I released Autumn Stance and Winter Signs. Now, that was a different kettle of fish, though. So, 
uh, it was actually cheaper for me to make the books because I'd started self-publishing by that point. And, um, but the marketing cost me in the thousands mm. and they didn't do nearly as well. Um, I think my problem with that is you get excited and you don't make a plan. Mm. And so I put all of my money and my eggs into one basket and it was all on launch week. Everything was on launch week. I didn't think about the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth mm. week, you know, to continue sales. So it, it petered out very, very quickly, which was a big mistake. Um, I did the same for winter signs and, and book launches since then. I, um, I had to put a cap on it like I did my monthly expenses. So depending on how idea. many, well, that's it. I think depending on how many books I'm putting out, I usually like to release once a month. Mm -hmm. If it's in a series, I, I like recently with the sparkles, I discounted book one and ran the promos on all of book one instead of book two and three and just hope to get the pre-order sales Mm -hmm. there so that that's still going at the moment I've spent a few hundred dollars on doing sparkles um, book club series um, but like I said I didn't I've kept a cap on it this time to be smart so that is my book launch process I think in the beginning it was a lot of a lot of luck and um I really didn't do much for it. <laughs> I think the more effort I put in, the worse I do. But <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Um, with the so when you're saying you you publish a book a month, it sometimes it's a short story as well. So it's not like novel. They're short like stories. So yeah, and I don't I don't do a lot of marketing for them. Yeah. Uh, they're only my short fun stories, especially having kids and I love writing, but sometimes I just don't have the time to write the big long ones. Yeah. Um, but I always have to write something. So I've got quite a few short stories there and most of my books, apart from the contemporary, as you know, are novella length. Mm -hmm. So they're just that nice little read you can do within a day. Mm. You've also got your um, Christian fantasy as well uh, from episodes episodes you're yes um you were in a group like a was that a facebook group with some other um christian fantasy writers when you released yeah. that one did that make you know did you get see a, a bigger splash with that one or no i didn't so i was in a speculative fiction group um you know i think you can understand why people find their their tribes within Facebook. So because I do a lot of genres, you know, I've joined rom-com, chick-lit groups, contemporary romance, fantasy and speculative fiction. Haven't found a short story one yet. Um, yeah. But you really need to be in them and be, be active. And uh, I don't tend to do that as much anymore. I mean, they're, re they're really lovely people when you do talk to them, but just even just raising a family and trying to find the time for my writing and my marketing and things like that, like that, I don't have the time to sit in Facebook groups, which kind of let me down a little bit because um, I stopped doing newsletter swaps this year just to focus more on the craft 
of writing and um, really putting my family first. So um, newsletter swaps can be really, really good for you if you if you make the effort to build those relationships with other authors. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of doing it next year again, if I can find the time, but, um, at the moment and yeah, that, so that didn't help too much with my marketing, but you know, the more I do it, the, the more I do book launches, the more I start to nail it down to what I'm comfortable with and what, what I can do. And I don't do as many platforms as I used to. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what do you mean by like the the different platforms, the different places where you're advertising on? Yeah, so I mean, I I do my regulars, you know, I, I do my Facebook and my newsletters, um, but I get things lined up. So one thing I do is I book uh, Book Cave. I love Book Cave. Um, E-Reader News Today, uh, Robin Reads. Uh, what's the other one that I do? Sorry, I'm losing my place. <laughs> I will, we will write it somewhere, but <laughs> I do about, four, <laughs> I do about four um, book promotion companies <coughs> to send out newsletters. Um, so I set them across four weeks. I don't do them all in one run anymore. Okay. Um, while I'm doing that, I also do AMS ads. Um, I keep the, the cost per bid very low. I'm probably, I probably only end up paying around about 13 to 14 cents per bid. Um, and I keep them really low. I don't run hundreds of ads like a lot of people do. I run one ad for each book. Mm. Um, it just keeps me visible. I do that and then I'll do... Uh, I'll do a few boosted posts on Facebook and that's sort of really where I'm going at the moment while I um, continue to work on building out my newsletter list. Um, and oh, and I do, I still do blog tours as well. Hmm. Um, and I do enjoy that and you never know who's going to look at your book and want to read it. So it helps with my pre-orders for my, my second and third books if mm -hmm. I do that. Yes, so keep it small. Don't do 40 different companies and spend thousands and thousands um, all in one go because, you know, we've got to keep our readers interested. So you've got to try and that's where author branding's coming in really popular, but that's for another talk. All right, so to sum up uh, so how well the, uh, things kind of went for me, so... Curve My Song, the Curvy series um, I wrote between 2014 to 2016. Um, they are still my biggest sellers today out of all of my books. So they, I, I've had thousands and thousands of sales on those and they've done, they, they just continue to perform for me. Um, I'm really happy with that. And the thing, the thing with that is when... It was a new genre, uh, plus size wasn't very popular then. So it was, it was something new that had come out and people were interested. What it did is it built my followers from that. Um, so when I released Autumn Stance and Winter Signs in 2017 under Contemporary Romance, uh, a lot of my followers were chick lit 
rom-com readers. So um, I think that's a really big part of author branding mm. in the beginning, uh, which I should have known, but I mean, this was all learning, you know. So the crossovers, you've got to be very lucky to have the crossovers. Um, you know, Autumn's Dance and Winter Signs, they found their little their little place there. And um, I continue to promote those because they were just, they were my absolute favourite books to write. I love them so much. And um, then we jump over to my fantasy, my speculative fantasy. Uh, I have a tendency to write what's in my heart and not what people are following. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't uh, publish to market so much. So I wrote these awesome episodes like, you know, you were watching the 100 or something like that. I love that show. And release them, you know. The, the thing is it's very hard to find marketing for very short books, um, especially in a speculative fiction category for fantasy with Christian fantasy and things like that. Um, they did not get traction at all. But I love these books so much. Like, <laughs> thank God I love my own work because, <laughs> <laughs> because they just did not move off the shelf. I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, come on, people, you are missing out. <laughs> um, so anyway, I realised I was genre hopping a lot and it's probably not the smartest idea to do that all under one pen name. Um, so this year I went back and finished doing the Sparkles Book Club, which is out now. Um, you know, they're not doing too bad. I'm still in the middle of book marketing. Uh, they did better than what I thought, but not as good as what I wanted. So we're still going with that, but they're starting to pick up along with the Kirby's, which is really good. And, um, all the way up until January, I've got... Um, I've just started marketing for the next Kirby's books, the two Kirby's books, um, and we'll see how that goes as well. Going back to the Kirby's, and if people are going to pick pick that series up again, yeah. um, it tends to reboot pretty well every time I market it. So even four years later, every time I put a sale on the first book, it bumps up again. Yeah. gets people interested again so I'm really lucky with that um so yeah there you go that so my my worst marketing effort um because it was my best is my best selling book so there you go but you know I was really lucky because marketing they've made it so hard now um the indie community's made it so hard to market they want you to rapid release they want you to wear yourself down um spend a lot of money, do 100 AMS ads. Like, it's insane. Um, back when I ran my $80 blog tour, um, it, was a, it was a lot easier to be seen because we weren't, we weren't I don't think we were over-populated um, in, the, in the indie market. I think so there are probably a couple of other factors as well, like less less yeah. people on Amazon, uh, authors publishing, I suppose. Um, and also, um, I mean, I don't, don't know about much about the tech dialogue with it all, but you know, they're developing, not develop, um, you know, how many people 
are moving over to start reading ebooks. Do you know what I mean? Like that was, yeah, yeah, that a lot more. Whereas now there are a lot of people already, um, kind of entrenched and doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so just um, so and just for context of numbers, you were saying with your the fantasy one. So, how many was that? Like less than a hundred, oh, less than fifty, less than yeah, two. Yeah, I think I think I was lucky if I made like a hundred and fifty bucks off the whole series. Okay. Yeah, but that is not going to stop me from writing season two. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I've got this. this Niggly cold that's just been annoying me since I um we started this thing. It keeps coming and going. Okay, so shall I do you want me to, to go now? Yeah. Yeah, my numbers. Okay, so um book launches for me. Well, I've broken this up into five different book launches. Um so basically in 2015 I launched my first cookbook and that was um, The Alternative Kitchen. And then in 2016, I launched a second book. Um, then in 2017, I launched a third book and that became the precursor of um, the books, the, the cookbooks, oh, sorry, the third book was released at the end of 2016. And then that became the precursor for the 11 that I released between 2017 and the beginning of this year. And then um, at the end of last year, I released the fiction novella. Um, out of all the book launches, my most happy book launches uh, have been the, the last few. So it was the fiction book and the 11 books that I produced for about 400 bucks. <laughs> and uh, they were probably my happiest launches because I had zero expectations after having all of my expectations <laughs> absolutely destroyed <laughs> from the first one. Um, I came to the last two with a lot more, a lot lower expectations, um, but also I'd spent a lot less. And so the stakes weren't as high. I wasn't so worried about how much I was losing. So what marketing did I do for it? Book one, I did a PR campaign uh, that cost us $2,000 and I also um, attended like the, a local expo, which cost us about, uh, I, from the memory, it was about $1,200, $1,300 to attend. To, that was just to attend and have the big stall that we, we had. Um, I also, I was doing a cooking demonstration at that um, expo. But with that, we also needed to get the banners and posters and everything, which cost money as well. Um, and I also did some other fairs. Like I did the one that needed the tent that I spoke about last time. And I did a lot of tastings, which just didn't deliver. Um, you'd spend a whole, you know, a couple of days before the tasting, making the different dishes. You would uh, spend the day setting up, going there, and then sell four books, <laughs> which, you know, nowhere near covered the costs of it all and at the last tasting I did before I said you know what bugger this this is so not working um 
the guy that I did it for didn't even advertise it. And I, yeah, I was really annoyed by that. Uh, he sent <laughs> the tiniest post after I had left <laughs> on his own personal Facebook page and not the business page. And oh I just thought God. that was pretty poor form considering the amount of money I had invested to show up professionally and do it. So yeah, I thought yeah. That, that was when I basically said, mm, no more events uh, except for I've done the gluten-free expo um, because I was asked to go back last time and I negotiated a better um, conditions like, as in, I didn't pay for a a stall the last time I went. I was like, you know what, I'll, I don't want to do that <laughs> because it no. just didn't convert last time. So, um, yeah, so a lot of my, um, th- my marketing was either traditional through the PR campaign, and I'll just talk about that um, a bit more because I think that's interesting for people who haven't done it. So what, what was involved in the PR campaign? So basically... Um, the campaign goes for a period. So this was like a month that $2,000 covered just a month. And then any follow-up that the publicist received, you then you have an interview with the publicist. They decide from that, how they're going to craft the press release to send out. They sent it out to, from memory, they said something like 400 different, um, you know, magazines and publications and places uh, blogs and all of that. Of those, we actually had what was considered a really good response, especially for a first book from an unknown entity. And we had about 70 or 80 hits. Um, and so that was just people responding, saying they were interested um, and wanted to know more. So from those people, we sent them a print book um, because they requested a copy of the print book. And in the last episode, I talked about how much that cost us, which was a lot (laughs) and then that wasn't a guarantee that they would um even feature the book like you know one blog uh two of the bloggers each wanted a copy of the book and they didn't even mention it (laughs) so yeah so of those 70 uh 70 or 80 i can't remember the exact numbers now um i think it was 70 of those people who responded to be interested uh, 12 ended up featuring the book in some way. So whether that was a picture of the cover and a brief review on, you know, a book page in a magazine, or it was, um, you know, like just a, a mention of something interesting or a blog post or an Instagram post or a Facebook post. Um, we had, I think, two features from, from that um from that whole PR campaign. And so, yeah, and one of them was uh, really cool. It was a feature in an international magazine, like a UK-based magazine. And so, um, yeah, that was actually really disappointing from a results perspective because we spent a lot of money and I had a lot of hopes that that was going to help make a difference and it just didn't. Um, the expo did really well because there was a lot of foot traffic at that expo and we managed to sell like 60 books um, and that was quite good considering no one had heard of us and we were only just new at that stage with our first season out and it was a short season at that. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So I seemed what I've discovered from this process um, 
was that I seemed to do well selling the book in person. Um, possibly mm. that was because I've been a bookseller in the past, <laughs> having two different jobs involving bookselling, one in a bookstore and then one managing the book section in a pharmacy, which was a very small section, by the way, it makes it sound like. <laughs> but I sold the books. Actually, my uh, book section did well <laughs> compared to the others. Um, but, yeah, so... I, I think part of it, though, is in person, I guess you just have a different energy. And that's why I seem to do reasonably well at the fairs. But even the um, efficiency, efficiency, success, I don't know what word I should use there, but probably the success of selling at the fairs reduced over time as well. So from 60 books at that first expo to the last one, I think I sold 14 over the whole weekend. So when you think about it, that's a lot of time. Um, but I didn't mind because I wasn't at least paying the $1,000 that time for the actual um, desk, you know, at the stall. So these are, it was just interesting to see the tastings didn't convert very well at all. So I stopped doing them because as like you said, you just have to start looking at what you're spending and the results you're getting. And I know that a lot of the experts who are making money more, a lot more money than we are from what we're doing <laughs> say, you know, there's no such thing as, as bad marketing, it's great because everybody gets, it just means that people get to see your product that extra time before they buy. But I just, I really disagree having lost a lot of money. <laughs> um, I think there is such a thing as bad marketing or I should say spending so much that it doesn't matter if it's the fifth time someone's seen it and they eventually will buy it because if you go broke um, before they ever get to buy it, it wasn't useful marketing basically. Yeah. So yeah, I, you need to see some kind of conversion or you actually just need to be making money in order for the marketing to be helpful then. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, that, um, that pretty much sums up what I did with that one. And just, um, with that also, I think I was saying, I, I seem to do better selling in person and I managed to get the book uh, placed in 14 stores um, a number around Adelaide and then a couple interstate. So um, two different stores in Tasmania and a store in Western Australia as well, which I thought was pretty cool considering, you know, I don't have a, a, um, a rep for it. Anyway, so the next thing I did was book two, which was um, just sold as a PDF through the website. And the reason I did that was one of my friends started a PR business. And so I, utilized her services to do a blog tour and um, again that really didn't um, translate to sales the good thing about that though was she got me in contact with a writer um, for a popular like health foodie magazine and although we didn't we only got a mention in an article during that campaign she actually the journalist contacted me a year later and just said, hey, I'm doing this article about this. I'd love to, to talk more about your show and make that the feature of the article. So that was kind of cool. So that, that kind of paid off down the track in PR that I didn't need to pay for. And the same with the expo. Um, one of the contacts I made there was someone who ran a foodie, like a free from foodie magazine who contacted me and said, oh, hey, you know, I'd like to include you in a feature we've got coming up. Um, 
but I didn't do anything else for that one except for just share it on our Facebook. And around that time, I think my Facebook account got shut down and I still to this day don't know what I did. Um, I think it's because they're very picky about the language you use and I, I tend to say, if you like um, creamy things but you can't have dairy, you might like this. And I think you're not allowed to use the words if you, but, yeah, I was just more concerned about, um, you know, not breaching any other rules. So, <laughs> anyway, so it meant I had to go looking for other ways um, to get the books out there. So then for the next 11 books, I didn't do anything really except for just share them on Facebook and share them to the newsletter. Um, I did release, like, and, you know, no ads, but, yeah, just the Facebook page. And I just did release them close together. So they were released uh, fortnightly, um, six, one year, five the next. And um, they've done well considering. So like what does well mean? I think I've, I've sold like 150 copy in, in total on Amazon. Um, so like 15 copies a book. But, you know, compared to that first book, which the e-book sales were dismal, they were like 21 books in total um I think something like 10 through create space in total <laughs> and 350 print books from my 500 book print run um so you know what I mean like in comparison I was pretty happy with the results I've seen for that one and, and as I'm saying every now and then I'll I'll pop in it's like oh wow I've sold seven books last week so yeah so that went pretty well and then the um the last one was the fiction novella and and said that was kind of my favourite launch because that was the most cruisy. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, I just basically put that up, <laughs> shared that on my even smaller, like, fiction Facebook page. And, yeah, that one had sold, I think it's about 30 copies now um, on Amazon and similar on iBooks. Um, so, Yeah. Um, but yeah, no ads yet for that. I'm not going to do any advertising now until I have more than one book in the fiction series and like you're doing, I'll do the ads when the second book comes out. So that way yeah. there's a little, I did try I the free the book. Thing, yeah. For, um, for the, the 11 cookbooks, I've got a free book. And so those books, the difference with those, I've broken them up into categories. So there's like breakfast, Christmas, main meals, etc. And um, I've got one of the books as a free book to lead in to the others. It doesn't really work that way, but it's still, you know, ever since it's been released, it's still pretty high up. It's like currently number two on the free list for um, food, allergy-friendly cookbooks or in, and it's in that top 100 in the special diet. So it's of the free books. So there's, yeah. it's doing okay, the free one, and that keeps the visibility to the rest of them. Um, but then we've also got like the YouTube channel and all of that. So anyway, um, I, I guess my only parting words I want to say about that whole launching concept, um, because I was in the online business groups, that concept of the big launch and that feeling that everything weighed on that first launch came from, what they were doing with the e-courses yeah. and their product launches. And I realized pretty early on that I hated that concept of a big launch. Uh, it just really burns me out. And um, I did run an e-course 
at one stage and I just don't enjoy it. Um, I don't enjoy that launching process. I, I'd hear some of the numbers of what people were spending on their launches and how much risk they had because they really didn't know how well it was going to um, compare. And, yeah, and I just, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. So I like the idea that with this indie books thing, it's not all dependent on on what you're making when you first release it, that first month or that first year or whatever. And you can get that slow drip over time. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much summarized the launch thing, but I am optimistic that future books and future book launches will do better. <laughs> As are you. Hey, Sarah. Okay, so it looks like we're having some tech issues again. <laughs> um, we've had a few stops and starts with this episode tonight, so I am going to wind that up there. I hope you found that useful. And Sarah and I will be back again next time. And we will next time we're going to be talking about decision fatigue. And... Um, yeah, so we look forward to seeing you there. If you've got any questions or you'd like to share some comments, please leave us a comment over on our Instagram page at Indie Author Diaries or you can send us a message via the Anchor app. Thank you for listening and we will chat again next week. Bye.